0: welcome along to this pint-sized edition of on the whistle today i have our african football expert our man in your one day cameroon the one the only the high rolling our very own rick flair francis and how are you doing brother
1: i'm very well i'm about to fly away brother zane oh yeah (laughs) where are you moving on to next brother (laughs) Uh, I'm flying to your house. My I hear house? You just got a, I hear you got a heliport or something at the top of your well, building.
0: You you better have some big muscles because I need to put you in the loft. I've got some boxes to pass to you.
1: <laughs> I got some people who can help the people who you will get to carry those boxes. We don't you, do weightlifting. You,
0: you cannot outsource that work to the man who is a spirit cup holder, but not here today, Courtney Fries, um, or Alistair Howarth, who's not here <laughs> either. <laughs> Or Ahmed, I mean, where's Ahmed these days? But um, but we'll we'll have to get him on soon. But listen, this is a pint-sized Ahmed lesson. is working with Conte,
1: working with content. Yeah. they're getting the Spurs act together.
0: <laughs> I'll try not to shake your hand. We look each other <laughs> in the eyes. But um, this is a perfect show, Francis, for us to really sink our teeth into what's been a really exciting return to the top football competitions in Europe and here in England with the Premier League. A player I get very excited about as a very bad centre-back. Zayn Nabi, number four. That was my number. Big man, Kaladu Kulabali, who's now in the Premier League. He scored against Tottenham. But Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel says he had some difficult and dangerous moments in the beginning of the game at the weekend. Obviously, that London derby was one that was absorbing a 2-2 result in the end. What we referenced earlier, the handshakes between the managers... But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about Calado And Francis, your thoughts on his early progress here in the Premier League.
1: Well, I think it is indisputable. He is one of the best defenders we have in the world game. First of all, before anything else, he is the captain of Senegal. So he is the champion of Africa and the leading talisman for our continent. And it is an absolute pleasure to have him in the Premier League, I have to say because I think his style of defending is very, very unique. at 31, he's also at the right age, I think you know there's 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 a grace that comes with experience. Um, I think he tucked away something like 235 or 36 games for Napoli or playing in the Italian league, as a defender, you can only be good. The experience of napoli really good but he himself said any betray going beyond the generics of him being a good player he said himself after the first game uh, the challenge for him is really more playing in this back three um the style of two hill at this point in time um will prove challenging it will need some time for him to adapt to it uh, not only are you adapting to new teammates adapting to new surroundings, adapting to a new style of play. So yes, he may have a little bit of a period of transition, but we can see already that the innate nature of this formidable Rolls-Royce of a defender, a la Rio Ferdinand, a la great African defenders uh, of many years gone by, um, he will always, a bad game for him would be a, good game for most. And I think that's what we really have to look forward to. And I, for one, I'm quite hurt he's not in my team, but hey, we'll take it. We got Maguire.
0: It's not too early to make your trades. Um I think you selecting Maguire is more out of loyalty for the team that you love. And I wasn't going to go there, but I am going to go then. <laughs> Francis how many billions of Zim dollars can you put together to buy Manchester United? Would you, would you be able to put an ownership group to come in there and take over that house?
1: <laughs> For all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Man United together again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, you're a poet as well. But go on, give us your diagnosis on what's going wrong at the Theatre of Dreams.
1: Um, I don't think it's so much. as I think it's just uh, an alignment of general misfortune at present, and time will time will fix it. I, the I, the I just think the the looking glass is quite intent and United because it's a United, and in Britain in particular, we we love a fall from grace, so there's a real desire to amplify what's happening at United. Uh, let me put it this way. If United had two points from the first two games, the brouhaha would be the same. There would be, there's no, there's been no victory and that's where Liverpool is, but they don't get that. But 4 you know? nil down so, at
0: halftime at Brentford is alarm bells, sure.
1: yeah, well, yes, it is, no, without question, but it happens in football. It happened last year as well and it happens in football. Some other people would say, okay, you're 4-0 you're down at halftime. It could have been worse and it didn't. I'm not happy with it. I'm a United fan. I'm a season ticket holder. I, I, I pay my money to to have a lot of friends and a lot of people punch us. Um, but the truth is, a job has to be done. And time must be given for that job to be done. Ten Hag was not supposed to turn up and start winning from day one. What he said is, our onus is to try to win every single game we play. And that's what he's going to try to do for as long as the time is given to him. You know my opinion. I loved um, Mourinho and I simply felt the media in the UK does not afford the managers at certain clubs, in particular United, um, because some of our own former players are the harshest because if they were playing and they had the same level of scrutiny that they put on some of the talent that's on the pitch right now, I don't think any of them would have had some of the careers they have at present. And here I mean people like Gary Neville. If he just was not a lucky guy born under the right stars and playing at the right time, he would never have the career he had in the end. Even when he speaks about management and tactics, you kind of want to say, and you were very good at this when you were given the opportunity to do this. Some people just need to be quiet. um, As far as I'm concerned, the kind of time that was given to Klopp needs to be given to any manager. And if it's 10 hackles, then judge him after three years. Uh, And so there will be blips, there will be proper falls from grace and all of that, but you allow it to happen as part of the process. At Arsenal, they were able to do that with Arteta. They stuck their guns when people said Arteta out. Last season alone, Arteta started with three defeats. There were people who said Arteta out. Now nobody, they're waxing lyrical about the wisdom of his choices and getting rid of the players that he had to get. That's because the system agreed that they needed a reboot. And that's what needs to happen at United. So let's give them their time. And don't put pressure on on the management or the exec to maybe want to play to the gallery again and then sack another manager. And you just have the same thing repeat itself. So I'm a United fan who says I'm ready to take the punches because I think it's the only way we will fix it. So Das Reboot,
0: a book that was written about Germany's uh, re um renaissance and coming of age again. Maybe Francis you'll write the one and United when we see that. But bringing it back to the line of questions where I wanted to go, I'm a Barcelona fan. We've mm. obviously seen there's lots of talk of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang possibly returning to the Premier League, possibly even joining Koulibaly who we spoke about earlier at Chelsea. Now Emerick Aubameyang, he scored 11 goals in 13 starts for Barcelona last season. Looked like he had a point to prove after leaving Arsenal in not the best circumstances, shall we say. But since there's been the arrival of Robert Lewandowski, um, it seems to have ended his time. I have to imagine, Francis, most teams would be wanting to welcome somebody like Orba, who's shown that he can still finish, he can still score, and he's still a high-quality
1: player. Yeah, you're right. Um, Oba is, is an un, he's, he's a very good player. He's one of the top strikers in world football at present. Um, he is a superstar. He has that ability to connect. I think the connection with Chelsea is predominantly rooted in the fact that his former manager from Borussia Dortmund uh, happens to be the boss at, at uh, Chelsea at present. And Chelsea need a striker. So it's a logical conclusion. Um, But I also can see a scenario in which he stays on at Barcelona for another two, three years. Because Barcelona has always had four to six top strikers in their squad at any one point in time. So this idea of the either or, um, is kind of new. Uh, Because when you look at it, It's kind of like saying uh, it was uh, Messi or Neymar. (laughs) It's like, no, they usually find a way to accommodate these amazing guys. They were the original club for the the front three. So um, I can envisage a coach like Xavi, who played in the system like that, still finding a way to accommodate talent wherever the talent uh, may be, especially if they're already in the blue and and red of, of, of... Barca. So if he moves, I think it would be a nice move for Chelsea. Um, he would do a, a good job for them. He'd be a good fit. Um, playing alongside a Sterling would be really, really interesting. Um, but there would be a real need for reject with how Chelsea lays itself out if a young boy like Fofana also comes in, because a lot's going on at Chelsea. Um, the, the the In a Fofana, for example, joining that same setup, uh, the fascinating thing about Chelsea is they have the money, they're willing to spend the money, um, but with the money comes a different type of pressure. Um, so maybe a Fofana at 40m or Fofana at 30m would be comfortable and in his skin be able to maybe just come in sit in, learn for a couple of years from Koulibaly and Silva, and then take on the responsibility of becoming one of the mainstays of the team. But a Fafon at $80 would be expected to step in and be better than those two guys. And that kind of pressure could cripple a young 21-year-old player. So, again, it's them getting their, their pieces right and fitting them into what it is that they want to create for Chelsea. And I think at Chelsea, the real desire is not just to be competitive. I think Boldy wants to win something this year. Um, so everything you see in what they're doing speaks to that. And that's why maybe the Obama-Young story may have some legs, because they know they need a number nine, and he would be a good one, and he's available. In the same way, a Memphis could also be a number nine for them. So from that same Barcelona, they actually have two options they can pick.
0: We did not mean to make this a loving for Chelsea. It's just the way our analysis has gone. But thank you for that, Francis. And Francis, I have to ask you, do you like chocolates? I do. And (laughs) chocolates don't like me. (laughs) Well, I tell you who else likes chocolates. Bayern Munich forward, Sadio Mane. Sounds very strange to say that. Bayern Munich forward. Well, he reportedly sent 150 chocolates and a picture of himself to the staff members at Liverpool. After his departure from the team, the gifts were just a small way to show his appreciation to the staff members from all sectors of the club. What does that say about the man, Francis?
1: I think one of the most important parts of this is the handwritten notes to all 150 people. Uh, I know our UK press likes to lean on the pictures and want to allude to some self-serving maybe narcissistic tendency. But I think it's more like, it's probably one of those club things. So they'll be like, "Okay, here's your club card that we have. And so we use that to sign up the notes. But it's the fact that he takes the time out to do 150 personalized handwritten notes to each one of these people from security guards to canteen ladies, to groundsmen and teammates. Um, It speaks volume of the man. Um, But for those of us who have watched him, and know him through the years, it's only the nature of his person. Um, he likes the human touch, believes a lot in remaining relatable and being relevant to the present. Um, so I think he's the kind of person who imagines the necessity to stay in touch with the people who with whom he forged relationships over six seven years before leaving for Germany and so it's just him and it's uh it's very commendable I think whether it's chocolates he sent uh whether the chocolates are dairy free so people like myself can eat I don't know but I will be calling a couple of Liverpool people I know to find out if I can sample some of the chocolates he sent and maybe the cacao was from Senegal I don't know so but we need to find out
0: now that would be amazing Francis, thank you for taking the time to give us analysis on our pint size edition. I am calling it a pint size like Courtney now. It's our bite size edition. I think that talks to maybe what Courtney's indoctrination of me and what he enjoys doing. Nice pints of water and Coca-Cola on the holidays. I understand because I was,
1: also, I was going to ask you, aren't pints usually quite big? <laughs> <laughs> Depends who's drinking.
0: Um, but just before we go... If you're out there, if you have any thoughts, if you want to ask us any questions, please hit us up on our social media accounts, otw underscore podcast and Twitter and Instagram. Also, find us on YouTube, find us on Facebook. Just search for the On The Whistle podcast podcast. Post your comments, leave ratings, leave reviews. It helps people find the show. But you out there make what we do enjoyable. And before we leave today, I'm heading to the mailbox. I've got two comments to read out, and they were around the podcast last week that we did, which were asking the questions around the African Super League, what it would look like, what the teams would be. Obviously, it's a it's a competition that is revolutionary, but also very polemic in some circles. But we had a comment from Bandile Shangasi. He said... I'm a Kaiser Chiefs fan, and I think this league would be interesting and will force Southern Africa to develop and play better football. I will watch the African Super League. I hope it delivers. We also had Aubrey Moshlanga. Aubrey said... TP Mazemba and the North African teams, the usual suspects, they will be there. Well, listen, fantastic to get your thoughts. We'll be back next week. New pods drop every week, mostly on Wednesdays. If you're lucky, we give you early release. But for now, we bid you farewell. Adieu, brother Francis. Can't wait to see you in person.
1: I'm (laughs) brother. (laughs) Salute.